friends, and welcome back to JOY, a podcast from St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, where our conversations about life and faith always include Jesus, others, and you. I am the Reverend Mary Vano, and I'm pleased to introduce you to my guest today, Dr. Jennifer Dillahay. Dr. Dillahay is our state epidemiologist in Arkansas. As such, she plays an important role in how we're managing the COVID-19 pandemic in our state. And I'm so glad that she can join us for today to talk about how we can stop the spread of this terrible disease. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really pleased to participate in this podcast today. Well, I'd like to start by understanding more about what you do. What is the role of the state epidemiologist? This is a role that I agreed to accept right before the pandemic. And I jokingly told the Secretary of Health, couldn't you have told me that we were going to have a pandemic before I agreed to take this job? That would have been nice to know ahead of time. (laughs) You know, epidemiology in general, it's the study of transmission of diseases or the patterns. And the state epidemiologist generally focuses on transmissible diseases or infectious diseases. So I play the role as kind of the team lead for the state for how we address infectious diseases in Arkansas. I work with a team of really expert epidemiologists as well as our national partners, such as the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, as well as the State Association of State Epidemiologists called the Council of State and Territory Epidemiologists. Our goal is, of course, to minimize preventable infectious diseases. We do it by tracking them, look at the evidence base for what works to prevent them, and then coordinating efforts around the state so that any infectious diseases are reported and investigated and the healthcare providers around the state are aware and they know what to do and what to look for. So it's a challenging role in the setting of a pandemic. This is something that, as my sons told me when I was named the state epidemiologist, they looked at me and they said, Mom, your whole career has prepared you for this. As I thought about it, I realized, yeah, there were so many things over the years that I've done or had education in that really make it a unique situation for me in this point in time. So I've decided that I can do this. I can make a difference. And it's just been wonderful to be able to feel like in the middle of this terrible pandemic, I can help. There's something I can do. That is such a great perspective to have, to be able to look back and see how God has prepared you for the role that you're in. I don't know, but I imagine it could feel overwhelming in the face of this pandemic to be in your position and yet probably really comforting to think that you must be able to do something good because God has prepared you for this place. It's just an amazing place in my life right now. I have a bachelor's degree in communication and doing a lot of communication during this pandemic. I have undergraduate degree in communication, as I mentioned, but I did graduate work in cross-cultural communication Mm -hmm. and how to communicate with people from all sorts of backgrounds. And then I did my pre-medical studies and I trained in infectious diseases 
But I also trained in geriatric medicine, which, and it's the geriatric, the older population has been especially hard hit in this pandemic. I've been at the health department for 20 years now. I've played a whole variety of roles, so I know how public health works in Arkansas. And seven years ago, I took on the role as the medical director for the state immunization program. So I know the immunization system very well and have really been so pleased to have developed working relationships with all sorts of people all over the state that are collaborative, collegial. We've been able to come together and get in our boat and we're all rowing in the same direction. It's just been really great to experience that, but also to have confidence that we can do this and we can do it well. You are uniquely prepared and equipped for this role. So you've been in it for, I guess, a little over a year now, because we're almost a year now since the pandemic began. What has the experience been like, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic to now? Well, it's been very intense. The pace has just been unrelenting. I find that it's been important for me to pace myself and take care of myself. I have taken steps to make sure I get some downtime on the weekends, really nurtured by my faith community, my church at St. Michael's. People there have been wonderfully supportive, but I also have enjoyed our Zoom church services that are interactive and help keep me connected and focused and remind me who I am. At work, I have found that it's been a pleasure to work with the team here at the health department. I lead a team called the Pandemic Physicians Group here at the health department. We call it the PPG for short. Somebody made us a logo and now we're the notorious PPG. But (laughs) this group has come together to support and encourage one another. I've just not seen anything like it. It's just been encouraging to know that there are people here at the health department that will lead the way, they will step up to the plate, even if it's not something that they are accustomed to doing, but they're willing to do their part. And they're also willing to speak up and if they disagree, because those discussions and disagreements where you get the real issues out on the table, but they'll also watch your back. If you're Mm -hmm. messing up, they'll not let it happen. They'll make sure that they've got you covered. And it's just been a very collegial, supportive environment. I feel so fortunate to be part of this group at this point in time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the image I've seen associated with you or with this notorious PPG group is an homage to Rosie the Riveter. 
Is that right? Oh, yes. So someone <laughs> in my church found someone who would edit, you know, they photoshopped this image of Rosie the River that says, we can do it on top. And they put my face in the <laughs> face of the picture. And then that person has a tattoo on their arm, which is the PPG logo. It's just a hoot. That's so, and they gave me two of them. So I have one sitting in my office and I have one in my stairwell as I go down the stairs each morning. It's right there in front of me to remind me, we can do it. We can do it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's such a wonderful idea and an inspiring image. We need those kinds of images to remind us we can do it. We have the strength. We can do our part. So how would you assess then how we're doing right now in this pandemic? What's going well? What is getting in the way? What do you think? Well, as a state, I've been happy with how the health system has pulled together. The governor's leadership has been really good. He is a great listener. He's able to balance the issues with the public health side as well as the political doable side. And I've been grateful for that. Our state is coming down now in a pattern of decreased transmission, which I'm very grateful for, because this disease has a wide range of illness. A lot of people can have hardly any illness when they get COVID-19, but a significant number of people will become very ill and they will die. We've had over 5,000 Arkansans die of COVID-19. So that, to me, is very sobering. It means we have to take this seriously, which I'm heartened to see that people are taking it seriously. And yet we are not helpless. And so people of all kinds are stepping up to do their part, whether it's their part with the health system or with carrying on their jobs or work or helping those who have lost jobs. I've been really concerned about people who are homeless right now. There's so many more people who are homeless than before. I'm worried about evictions and people just getting enough food. So these are things that weigh heavily on me. It's not just the disease, but it's what the pandemic does to people in our communities that are important. And I'm heartened to see many people stepping up to do things that they ordinarily wouldn't be doing if Mm -hmm. it weren't for the pandemic. But they're taking steps to kind of move beyond their comfort zones and take action to do what's within their sphere of influence or possibility. The impact is multifaceted and it's requiring things of us that we've never experienced before. I'm just mindful of that because On the one hand, we can really step up to the plate, but stepping up to the plate takes courage and discipline. And sometimes I think we get tired and discouraged. So we need to keep encouraging one another. Are you able at this point to see a light at the end of the tunnel? What will it take for us to get there? Yes, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a long tunnel, though. But eventually, we will be on the other side of this pandemic. The goal is, by the time we get on the other side of this pandemic, can we follow each of our own individual calls well enough that we are actually stronger on the other side of the pandemic than we were 
before the pandemic started. Can we strengthen our neighborhoods, our communities, our churches, our other houses of worship? Can we strengthen our families, ourselves, and our relationship with God so that we are stronger when we come out of this experience than when we went into it? I think that should be our goal. Not just surviving, but we should be stronger when we get out. Gosh, I love that. (laughs) I've had an image playing in my head lately. I haven't yet had my vaccination. I'm not in any priority group, so I'm going to wait my turn. But I love hearing about all my friends and loved ones who have been getting the vaccination. And of course, we've heard that that second dose can be a little hard to take. It's silly, but in my head, I've had this image of the Hulk, (laughs) you know, how the Hulk transforms and his clothes split. I just sort of think that the vaccination is, it's developing our immune system (laughs) in sort of a dramatic way. But perhaps this whole pandemic could be seen as developing a kind of immune system for our whole community coming out stronger on the other side with better social networks, with better safety nets, stronger communities, and a much more palpable sense of our connection with one another, our importance for one another. We've got some growing and working to do to get us to the end of that long tunnel. If that's our goal, to come out stronger on the other end, what do you think we should all be doing right now to play our part? Well, for those who are people of faith, we need to pay very close attention to what is our calling and be obedient to that. That's probably my biggest lesson in this Mm. pandemic is being obedient to my calling. And I think God asks us to do hard things. At least for me, in the beginning of this pandemic, I was very uncomfortable with my new role. I kind of squirmed on the inside a lot. Then I realized. I was wasting a lot of energy doing that. So now my focus is trying to be as obedient as I can to what I understand my calling to be. And as I do that, it strengthens my resolve to have courage and to take the steps that might be new or uncomfortable or seems like too much, I'm too tired. In the middle of that, we have to take care of ourselves. And part of taking care of ourselves is also obedience Mm -hmm. to the love that God has given us for ourselves to accept that and love ourselves. And then the obedience to love our neighbor. And that's the people around us. And Mm -hmm. so my focus every day when I come to work is to make sure that the people I'm working with know that I love them. And for my sons and my family and friends, that they will have no doubt while on this journey that we're on it together and that I love them. Obedience and love. They go together. They do.
This morning in my Bible study group, we were reading the story of Jesus' transfiguration when those close disciples heard the voice of God from the cloud saying, this is my son, my beloved, listen to him, listen to him. And then Jesus says, let's go (laughs) and teaches them that the Messiah will suffer and on the third day be raised. It's both a prediction, if you will, of his suffering, but also of resurrection and life. So we listen and follow. So you're not only our state epidemiologist, but as we have learning here about you, Jennifer, you are also a very faithful person, a member of St. Michael's Episcopal Church. Can you talk more about how your faith has played a role in your journey over this past year? My faith is something that is a little hard to put in words. It's so much a part of who I am. And I think it helps me stay grounded. And of course, I'm kind of a private person. So it's been hard for me to, in a sense, in the middle of this pandemic, while addressing it, to become kind of a public person. And it would be, I think, easy for me to worry about how I come across or that people like me or approve of me getting approval from Mm -hmm. the public. I have found that my faith has shielded me from that because it's the obedience that has given me so much stability in this that I don't have to make my decisions based on how people will perceive me. I can make my decisions based on what is the right thing to do? What builds trust? What shows love? So that, you know, I can be true to the science and yet bring the science in support of what we need as people in Arkansas to make it through this pandemic. So my faith community at St. Michael's, they have supported me and encouraged me. And it's not just St. Michael's, but it's old friends and relatives, cousins, and even people who are like-minded in my Rotary Club. That community of faith that people reach out and cheer me on and encourage me. It's just been the most touching, humbling thing I've ever experienced. And being part of that faith community has made it possible for me to be sustained and have relationships with people who root for me and cheer me on. And it's added fun to my life. One thing I like to do is to rest my mind, you know, when I come home in the evenings or some evenings, mostly on weekends, is to do jigsaw puzzles. And my goodness, people are supporting me in that even. I'll come home and I'll find a jigsaw puzzle on my front porch. (laughs) It's just been, you know, a feeling of we're in this together. Also, you know, like go get them or you go girl. And that's what I think our faith community should do is support us. It's been so heartening too. I don't have very much leisure time right now, 
But I did decide in my churches, we have a little book study after our service. And I'm reading Bishop Michael Curry's book, Love is the Way. That's a very practical book about learning to love better. That to me is the motivating force for what I'm doing right now. And so things like that to support me in that growth process has been energizing in a way that is sustaining. I'm very grateful to be part of St. Michael's and the Episcopal Church and just the general faith community in Arkansas. It sounds to me like your determination, if you will, to be obedient to God has protected you, has given you some insulation from, I'm sure, some of the challenges as well as some of the critique that you might receive as a public figure. And your faith community is there to encourage you in that and keep you strong. And that's so wonderful. Early on, I had the insight to realize that the safest place to be is in obedience to God. Mm -hmm. That's the safest place that Mm -hmm. we could possibly be. That notion kind of helped me be more motivated even to be obedient. Talking about communities of faith, I know that one thing a lot of people are really missing right now is the opportunity to gather with their faith communities for worship and prayer. We're missing what a lot of us would know more deeply in the encouragement of our communities because we can't gather in person for worship right now. And truly, this is the only time in my career as a priest where I have felt that the greater good was actually served by going without our Sunday gatherings. I've had to shift my perspective, and I've realized that what we've tried to do is to help protect and heal our community by giving people the tools that they need to maintain their spiritual and mental health during quarantine and during more isolated times in their lives. I do this podcast. We distribute sermons and worship materials and have online study groups, etc., And none of it's exactly the same, but it's what we can do right now to support people as they stay home and do their part to protect the community from illness. so true that there are really competing needs. We have needs for physical health in our community as well as spiritual and mental health. And then there are economic and financial health issues also. I mean, you've talked about not having very much leisure time. How are you finding balance in your own life with competing needs? Something that I have to find again and again. You know, I start out with a good break on weekends and my beginning of the week is better than the end of my week because by the end of the week, I've kind of lost my balance again. So it's a continual process of assessing and adapting and beginning again. I've had to learn to take care of myself a more diligent way than before. Exercise, eating right, trying to get enough sleep. And I don't do it perfectly well, but I'm doing better than I was. And that's important. Also, I think it's important to have mental health practices 
and spiritual practices. So one thing I've been working on is developing a rule of life. I'm part of a religious order called the Daughters of the King. I have a chapter at my church. And before the pandemic, we took on the study of a book called St. Benedict's Toolbox. And it's about adapting the rule of St. Benedict to our everyday lives. Because obviously, I don't live in a monastery. I can't live those rules the way they were written. But there are things I can adapt and learn from them. They have been very sustaining for me and helping me to find the balance that I need to keep going. You know, this is such a marathon. And as I mentioned earlier, the pace has been really unrelenting. How do I pace myself and find the balance that I can continue on without burning out, that I can not do damage to myself in the process, that I can actually come out healthier and stronger? Well, I have found that the principles I'm learning from St. Benedict's toolbox about adapting the rule of St. Benedict to my life have been incredibly timely, and they work. This has been a wonderful thing for me. The rule of St. Benedict has been amazingly resilient over the centuries. And there's some really great books like the one you mentioned that help modern people take some of those principles and apply them to modern life. It's a great thing. Where have you found joy during this pandemic? One thing that I have found joy in is just being with the people I'm with. And this is barring a principle from St. Benedict, is to be present and focused when you're with someone, really enjoying that. So I enjoy being with my coworkers when we're interacting. And at home, in my household, my younger sons who are twins, and they're in their mid-twenties. And then my brother is there. He joined our household about four years ago and enjoying being with them and doing whatever we have to do to take care of ourselves, cook or clean or talk, is valuing that time when we're together. It's the people that have given me joy. Whereas I think before the pandemic, I was more task-oriented. And I was more focused on getting things done so that when I was with my son, I would only give them half attention. My attention was divided. And I'm learning not to divide my attention up so much, but to be really focused. And when I do that, I'm enjoying whatever I do at that moment in time more completely. Oh, there is a profound truth in what you just said. Being present with people, giving our attention ourselves to one another. I think that may be the secret to how we're going to do what you suggested earlier, which is to come out of this pandemic, not just having survived, but having grown stronger. Jennifer, you have made my joy complete today. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Having smart, faithful, and steady leaders like you gives me hope that we will indeed get through this and be very strong on the other side. It's been an honor and a real pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you all for listening today. If you have questions or comments or suggestions, send me an email. My address is mvano at stmargaretschurch.org. 
Please join us again next time because our JOY is not complete without you. is a production of St. Margaret's Episcopal Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Thanks to Stephen Bano, who composed and performed our theme music, and to Heidi Soule, our producer. Mm-hmm.